born to die that he might give eternal life that I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. Now, look at letter B there in your notes. Whereas we ought to obey God rather than men. Turn very quickly to that scripture reference in Acts chapter 5. Acts and chapter 5. The disciples were commanded to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Well, when they decided to go, and as they were preaching, uh, there was people who told them, Nah, don't you talk in this name of Jesus. Don't you talk about Jesus. So he says in verse 28, saying, Did not we straightly command you that ye should not teach in this name? And behold, ye have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine, and intend to bring this man's blood up on us. Oh, you did that all by yourself. And verse 29, Then Peter said, and the other apostles answered and said, We ought, and here's what you ought to do, we ought to obey God rather than men. And you need to have that in your mind. I ought to obey God rather than man. I ought to obey God rather than me. I ought to obey God. Because God is God. If God is truth, then I ought to obey truth. And He is the truth. Then I should obey Him. He says, why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say? So it's so important to find out what are your priorities. Now there's some things that we must there's some things that we ought to do. Now, you don't have to serve the Lord. You ought to serve the Lord. You ought to. But you might choose not to. But understand, there are consequences to the decisions. If you decide not to, then you being a child of God, your heavenly Father is going to whoop you. Now, unless you like whoopings, that's okay. But I decided a long time ago, I had enough of my daddy's whoopings that I didn't want to get whooped no more. What I remember most about my father is the whoopings that I got. And none of them were justified. <laughs> I was a good little boy. Well, in my mind I was. Y'all don't believe me. That really breaks my heart. But take your Bible and turn to the book of Hebrews in chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. All the way over there to the book of Hebrews and chapter 12. This is on page 1303 in one of the church Bibles. And you'll notice in Hebrews in chapter 12, look in verse 5. He says, and ye have forgotten. You have forgotten. And when you forget, then you quit. 
When you forget, you quit. And that's why he says, faint not. Faint not when thou art rebuked of him. Why do you faint? It means you quit. He says, now don't faint or don't quit just because God tells you no. Have you ever had children that you told them no and then they throw a fit? Have you ever had a child throw a tantrum? There's Christians like that. Adults like that. When you don't get your own way, what do you do? How do you respond? How do you react? This is what God's talking about. He says, so in verse 5, he says, And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. Now you ought to serve the Lord, but understand that if you don't, then your father is going to have to chasten you. But just because he chastens you, don't faint and quit serving God just because of it. Just because you don't get your own weight with God. Now you can whine and pine to your mama and your daddy. And most kids do until they get them broke down until they finally get what they want. Like this one kid I talked to, he said, I came from a broke home. And I find out he broke it. Some kids rule the roost. They're in control of their home. He said, my kids are pretty obedient. Yeah, but that's because you don't tell them to do anything. A rebellious child in your house can look to be pretty good if you let them do anything they want to do. Tell them no and see how they respond. Then you'll find out what you got. And some parents are afraid to find out what they got. I'll be glad when they're out of the house. And I hope you have five kids just like you. Some of you parents know what I'm talking about. Till you get some kids. See, grandkids is the reward. For not killing your teenagers. You thought about it. You just didn't do it. But now along comes grandkids and everything's okay. Everything's fine. Turn to Romans chapter 15. Romans and chapter 15. But look there in Romans and chapter 15. And look in verse 1 and 2. I want you to see that. It says, We then that are strong ought. You ought to underline that word ought. Ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. You see, most people go through life and they're trying to find out what pleases them. What makes me happy? Change it. How can I help please other people? How can I help them? How can I be used to bring joy to somebody else's life? You see, that's why when you witness to somebody and they trust Christ as Savior, they're so glad. That's what makes you glad. The joy is when somebody trusts Christ as Savior. Or when somebody dedicates their life to the Lord. Or you challenge them to serve the Lord. Doesn't that bring joy to you? That's why Paul says, ye are my crown of rejoicing. You are my joy in the Lord. It's people. God using you to be a blessing to somebody. Some people, they're always sitting around waiting for somebody to be a blessing to them. To them. Bless me. Hey, bless me. Make me happy. You know, the world revolves around me. Come over here and make me happy. And if nobody makes you happy, you're a bitter individual. And you criticize everything and everybody. You poor individual. That's sick. And yet the world is full of them. Aren't you glad that Christians aren't like that? <laughs> but look what he says in verse 2. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. In other words, trying to edify other people. That means to beautify what's there and add to it. 
Everybody should gain something from you that benefits their life, that makes them a little better, a little stronger. Encourage people. And uh, don't always go through life with a frown on your face. Learn to smile a little bit. Won't hurt you none. Might even be good for you. Uh, Galatians chapter 6. I, I want you to see this. Just look over there real quick. Galatians in chapter 6. He's talked about the two natures in chapter 5. And understanding the two natures, you as a child of God, see, you can walk in the flesh, and you're going to bring forth the works of the flesh. If you as a child of God walk in the Spirit, or look up here, this is my first birth, this is my second birth. This one's going to die. This one's not going to heaven. You see, to go to heaven, you have to be perfect. This one is not perfect. This one is. This one was born of God. That's my second birth. That's why heaven is a place for perfect people. No sin can enter into heaven. That's why you must be born again. So when you're born again into God's family, you have a spiritual birth. This one doesn't have a sinful nature. Can't sin, can't die. This is the one that's going to heaven. So whenever, because you're going to heaven, uh, God tells us in his word that we ought to be strong while we're here. Not walk after the flesh. God doesn't want this one to control your life. It's just like I got two of them. And so that's why you don't make provision for the flesh to get in trouble. That really gets you in trouble. So you become strong in the Lord. And, he, and, and the stronger you become in the Lord, he says, ye then which are strong seek to restore those that walk in the flesh back to where they're supposed to be. So see there in Galatians in chapter 6, look there in verse 1. Brethren, so we're talking to the Christian. If a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one that's in the flesh, in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted to, to walk in the flesh. Because you can be lifted up with pride. So if you're strong spiritually, you want to help the person who's walking after the flesh that's not strong. So as you look around, yes, you're going to see people as you go through the Christian life. You'll see them at church. You'll see them where you work. There are those who trusted Christ as Savior, and they're not spiritually strong. All right? What is God's admonition to you? Because you are so strong. Help those that are weak. What are you doing to help the person that's struggling? Let God use you. And to be a blessing in people's life. Encouraging people. You see, it doesn't take a rocket scientist of a Christian to be able to see all the trash in everybody else's life. And there's some people who just get a big thrill, a high, out of looking at all the dirt in everybody else's life. But what have you done to help somebody to become stronger in the Lord? That's the key. The third thing I want you to look there, things that we must not do. There's some things that God says not to do. And it's so easy to do. I have not made, you know, a Christmas tree my idol. I don't worship a Christmas tree. I don't care for Christmas trees at all. If you want to have one, I don't care. You can put it in your house and do whatever you want. I, I, I myself, personally, I don't like it. My wife can love a Christmas tree. She loves the light, the little grandkids, they love all that. And uh, they love all the presents, things like that. I don't have a problem with that. But I don't like it to be a substitute for who Christ is and what Christ has done. I don't like the teaching of Santa Claus, period. Just so that you know. I mean, you say, oh, I don't like you. That's okay. I wrote a song years ago. It goes like this. You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not cry. I'm telling you why. 
Santa Claus is dead. <laughs> now, I just probably ruined some of y'all's Christmas. You didn't know that. But I don't care anything about Santa Claus. Because it, it, it robs. It robs from the truth. So that, that's a lie. And I don't care for the lies. But if you want to tell your kid a little lie, don't expect me to agree with it. I don't know. Don't you dare ask your little kid to come up and ask me, Preacher, is there a real Santa Claus? I'm not going to agree with you. So just keep them away from me. Because <laughs> I tell the kids the truth. But anyways, we're moving right along. You can have all kinds of idols. And you can have your, your holy cows. You know, the little things that you worship and you bow down to. Now, you can make your husband an idol. You can make your wife an idol. You worship them. And you can make government an idol. You can make money an idol. You can make your good looks or your bad look. You can make anything an idol. You can make your kids an idol where you worship them. God is God. And God does not want anything between you and Him. And you put anything between you and the Lord, then don't be surprised if God takes away your little idols. God can take away your idols. And that's why your idols should be the Lord. You should worship only the true and living God. I love my wife. and We've been married going on 51 years. But I don't worship my wife. And she doesn't worship me. We're to worship the Lord and love the Lord. He's supposed to be number one. That's it. If I love the Lord right, then I'll love my wife right. If I love the Lord right, I'll love my kids right. If I love the Lord right, I'll love the ministry right. But it's all based upon me and Him. And you put something between you and Him. And buddy, that's not going to say good. God is a jealous God. He is envious of your love and your worship. He's an envious God. And that's why He says in the Spirit, lusteth to envy. In the book of James in chapter 4. So you um, need to keep that in mind. Here, things that we must not do, we must not make anything an idol. That's why in the book of Exodus in chapter 20, when he gave them the law, thou shalt not make any graven images of any kind that you would bow down to and worship. It represents God. God says you don't do that. One day, years ago, this boy had trusted Christ as Savior. His name was Richard Hormel. He was the quarterback of Miami High School Stingerees, the football team. That year, they won the state championship, and they were number one in the nation, 1965. Miles Carbonell was working with the football players, but these kids were coming over to my house, and I was talking to them and teaching them the Bible. So one day, I got off of work. I walked off the job there, and lo and behold, I go out there to my car, and there's this 17-year-old kid that played football. I didn't understand anything about football, but he asked me, he says, Yankee, he said, would you come to the house and talk to my mom? She doesn't know the Lord. Now, he was Catholic, but he said, my mom doesn't know the Lord. He says, would you come and talk to her? I says, right now? He says, yeah. I says, all right. So I went to his house, and we sat down there, and he brought his mama in, and he says, Yankee, explain it to my mom how she can... Be certain of going to heaven. So I says, all right. So she sat there. And I did this. Y'all never seen this before. But it's, a, it's a new illustration that I just picked up. And I sat there with her and I says, let this hand represent you and me. And the wallet represents sin. Now we all have sin. 
But God says he loves us. And that God loves you. God doesn't like what we do wrong, but he loves us. But to pay for that sin is eternal separation from God. And since everybody sins, everybody's condemned. I said, but God loves us and wants us to go to heaven. And we have to be perfect. And none of us are perfect. None of us. And by your good works, you'll never be good enough. And he had told me that she was Catholic. And so I told her, I said, going to church can't get you to heaven. And I said, your good works can get you to heaven. The rosary bead or the priest. Nobody can get you to heaven. I says, only Christ. This hand represents Jesus Christ. He's God in the flesh. He came into the world because he loves us. He hates our sin because it separates us from him. So Jesus Christ took the sin, paid for it on the cross, came back from the dead. And God said, if, if I would believe he did it for me, he would give me as a free gift, everlasting life. And I'd go to heaven on what he did for me. I says, ma'am, does, does what I say, does it make sense? I said, you know you're a sinner, right? She said, yes. And then tears started coming down her cheek. I said, now you've heard all your life that Jesus Christ paid for sins. She says, yeah. I says, now, right now, will you believe he did it for you? She said, yes, I will. I says, will you, right now, will you trust Jesus Christ as your Savior? She said, yes, I will. And Bud, the tears flowed. Her son, Richard Hermel, just thrilled out of his mind. He was so glad. His grandma was also standing there. She was 84 years old, but she didn't understand a word of English. And she's standing there, and she's watching. Richard says, would you explain this to my grandma? I says, does she understand English? He says, no. I says, I don't understand Spanish. He says, you just tell me, and I'll tell her. I said, all right. So Mama got out of the way, and Grandma came over, and Grandma sat down there. So now I'm talking to Grandma, and she's 84 years old. And she just stared at me. She didn't, she couldn't understand what I was saying yet. So anyway, I explained it to him and he explained it to her. I explained it to him, he explained it to her, and we went through the whole thing. And all of a sudden, while we were explaining the last part of about Christ said he'd give you eternal life, if you simply trust him, I saw tears coming in her eyes. And so I says, asked her, will you right now trust Jesus Christ as your savior? And he asked her and she nodded her head like this here and then the tears started flowing. Well, mama's in crying. He's crying. She's bawling on me. And I don't know what to do with two women bawling. <laughs> Grandma got up out of her seat and she walked into the other room. She came back in there and she had her arms full of all these little statues. She had statues all over the she brought me, she's, And she looked at her son. She says, what, what do I do with all of these? I turned into the scripture that says, they have eyes, but they cannot see. They have mouths, but they cannot speak. I says, they have legs, but they cannot walk. They have ears, but they cannot hear. And I says, and they who put their trust in them are like unto them. And I says, you know God, and he's real. All you need is Jesus Christ. She took those things, and she walked right over there, and she dumped them in the trash. I never said a word about them. I haven't said a word about none of that. But when some people see it, they see it. Yesterday, we had a guy who came to the house. I think it was yesterday morning. And they was going to do some work and repairing. And uh, the man that was standing there, and I asked him, I said, Sir, can I ask you a question? He says, Sure. I says, Do you know where you're going when you die? He says, I don't know. And he says, I've got these. And he had 
about four or five, maybe six chains around his neck, gold. He says, this is St. Christopher. This is St. somebody. He had about four or five different saints. I says, but you don't know where you're going, you're dying. No. I says, and um, you have a broke foot right now, right? He had fell off a ladder, a thing. and Anyway, he broke his foot. I says, they didn't give you much protection, did they? He smiled, no. I says, if you could know you could have eternal life, wouldn't you like to know? So I went through this again. I explained it to him. When I got through, I says, does it make sense to you? Yes, it does. Will you right now accept Jesus Christ as your Savior? He said, yes, I will. And by simply trusting Christ, see, I'm not interested in all the religions of the world. I don't care what, if you're a Baptist or a, a Pentecostal or a foot-washing Aborigine. Have you trusted Christ as your Savior? There is no other way. And if you trust Christ as your Savior, God will save you and give you eternal life. And you can know that you're going to heaven when you die. But it says in the book of 1 John chapter 5 concerning Christ, this is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Worship nothing, no one except the Lord. God is God. He is the only one that we're supposed to bow to and has total lordship over our lives. He is the only one that we should be really intent upon obeying. Do whatever God says to do. And if you do, you'll do right by your husband, and you'll do right by your wife, and you'll do right by your kids, and you'll do, be right by your grandkids, and you'll do, do right by your job. Because, you see, that's what God does for you. That's the power that you need that makes an impact in society. Today, people are looking down upon Christians because Christians are hypocrites. True? Most Christians are hypocritical. They don't mean what they say. They don't do what they're supposed to do. They don't live like a Christian. Now, you can be a Christian and not live like one. You see, I can have this new birth, but all people ever see is this old one. God says, cast this away. Walk in the new birth. This new man. Let him be renewed. The Bible tells us, and I want you to see this last verse before I close, because it's so important. Romans in chapter 13. Romans chapter 13 and verse 14. As a Christian, you will get in a lot of trouble if you try to get too close to the edge. And what I mean by that is making provision for the flesh. Now, I'm not talking about feeding the body. I'm not talking about clothing the body. I'm not talking about washing the body. I'm talking about making provision for your old sinful nature to get the advantage of you. In other words, don't try to put yourself in a tempting situation. Guard your testimony at all times. Watch yourself around the opposite sex. Be faithful to your husband and to your wife until you are dead, till death do you part. And as you get older, yes, your wife's going to get older. The husband's going to get older. You're going to get sick. But remember when you promised, till death do us part, in sickness and in health, better or for worse, and it could get a lot worse. Keep your word. Keep your promise. And verse 14 says, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make not provision for the flesh, to fulfill the lust thereof. 
That's why you ought not go to certain places. That's why there's some friends that you ought to drop. If your friends are not good, godly friends, you better be careful because they can pull you down. If I had a glove, a perfectly white glove, and I throw it into the mud, is the mud going to become glovey or is the glove going to become muddy? This is a very difficult question. <laughs> and as a Christian, you need to decide what's going on. If there's a big old hole and there's a big old pit and there's people in the pit and they can't get out, you don't jump into the pit with them. Now, you stand on the outside and you throw them a rope, give them a ladder, or maybe even a helping hand. But you don't live like the lost man. You don't live like a person in the flesh. Christians don't need to be on the, in the drug scene world. Christians don't need the pornography. Christians ought to do right and love the Lord the way they should. I think I done said all I need to say for this morning. One more time. This is you and me. Sin. We've all sinned. To pay for it, death and hell. But God loves us. Wants us to go to heaven. Jesus Christ took the sin, paid for it on the cross, came back from the dead. Said, will you believe that he did it for you? If you believe he did it for you, he gives you as a free gift everlasting life. You go to heaven on what he did. You do not earn eternal life. You cannot work your way to heaven. Two of my favorite verses in the Bible. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And once you trust Christ as your Savior, it says, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. How many of you in here know beyond a shadow that you know you have eternal life and you're going to heaven when you die? Let me see your hand. Dog you. That's wonderful. Now you... Maybe coming here for a long time, but you never know. If you can't honestly raise your hand, why not? You can't earn eternal life. You're not becoming a religious hypocrite. Are you admit what you are. You're a sinner. Who says so? God did. You going to argue with him? God says you're a sinner and you need a savior just like I do. So would you trust Christ as your savior? Let's pray, shall we? Every head bowed and every eye closed and no one looking around. If you're here this morning and you've never trusted Christ as your savior, you must be born again. But you're not born again until you trust the Lord as your Savior. And He gives you a new birth. You get eternal life. You get to go to heaven when you die. And no, we're not getting any younger. We're getting older. It doesn't matter how long you've lived. You're going to die. Are you certain of going to heaven when you die? Why not right now? Just talk to the Lord and say, Lord, I don't understand it all. But I believe Jesus Christ died on that cross, paid for my sins, and I'm going to trust him right now. Would you do that? I'm not going to have you forward, not going to embarrass you. But I am going to ask you in just a moment to raise your hand. Raising your hand just lets me know that what I said made sense to you. And I'd like to pray for you in closing. So is there anyone at all? Say, yes, I will trust Christ as my Savior this morning. And preach, I'd like you to pray for me. Yes, God bless you, ma'am. God bless you, sir. God bless you in the back. I see your hand. You can put him down. You can put it down. God bless you. Anyone else? Say, yes, that made sense to me. Yes, God bless you, sir. Appreciate it. Anyone else? Just very quickly slip it up. Say, yes, I will accept Jesus Christ this morning as my Savior. I want to be certain I'm going to heaven when I die. It's not because you're good. It's because God's good. Eternal life is a gift. It's free. Anyone else before we close? Say, that made sense to me. 
and I want to be certain I'm going to heaven. Anyone else? Our Father, we are thankful so much for all you've done for us. We thank you, Lord, for these that indicated by an uplifted hand that they believe you did it for them. By doing so, they become your child. You give them eternal life. And you said you'd never cast them out and never lose them, that they can be certain of going to heaven. We ask your blessings upon each person here. And Father, as your children, help us to do right. Not because we have to, but because we ought to. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Is it possible to trust Christ as my Savior without making Him Lord of my life? Is it true that if Christ is not Lord of all, He is not Lord at all? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book. Or write by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Jesus is coming, so keep looking up. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound, and we will be changed, caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.